Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new podcast. Yes, Knowing Wheel returns for episode 41. As always, I'm joined by Mr. 183. How are you getting on, mate? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, lots to talk about this week, so it should be a good podcast. Yes, yeah, obviously, if you missed out last week's podcast, definitely, definitely recommend going back and checking out. There was plenty, plenty to go through. This week, not as many pieces of news, but the ones we've got, yeah, obviously very, very important, obviously, as we get ready to start the new season. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, go check it out on Spotify. There'll be links down below, as always. As well, this week, uh, you'll probably want to go on Spotify. I don't know about Jamie, but I've got a huge spot on my forehead that I'm sure now by pointing out people are going to notice. So you don't want to see that. You want to check this out on Spotify. And if ever there was a bad plug to get people to <laughs> check out Spotify. Definitely uh, face for radio this week. Exactly, yeah. The face for radio and the voice for <laughs> mind me. That's, that's my catchphrase. Um, but as always, though, of course... If you're after some F1 merch, you know, like some hats that I'm wearing right now. Jamie hasn't repped his merch this week. Obviously, there will be a link down below to the F1 store as well. They've still got a couple of sales going on at the moment. We're really getting close now uh, to pre-season testing. So, yeah, you know, we've still got a sale going on. There's still quite a few lines that are available on discount as well. So, yeah, go check that out as well. As if you are a fan of the podcast, but you can't sit down and listen to it for an hour, hour and a half each week. We've now also launched the Clips channel as well for it. An individual channel just linked, obviously, down below. Uh, there'll be We've got many, many links down below on YouTube this week. So yeah, if you want to go sort of check out little snippets from the podcast, go over there, check it out. We haven't sort of decided an upload schedule or anything like that. I'm just sort of just clipping bits and uploading it onto there, you know, for specific talking points throughout the podcast as well. But yeah, all those announcements... Out of the way then, Jamie. Let's get into our first piece of news. Hamilton has broke Twitter. Yes, and he is back, which we've been calling for about two months now that he was never going to leave. But he's finally announced to the world that he is going to race this season, which is good news for the sport, definitely. And yeah, the likes and retweets went crazy on that tweet, to be fair to him. And he probably is bigger than the sport in terms of his reach, but yes. I'm sure you're very happy about it. I mean, I, I'm happy about it as well. It would have been pretty awful for him to leave like that. But yeah, he's he's back. Fully expected, but still a nice bit of news to kick us off. Yes, yeah, and I must admit, I'm, I'm currently got a gleaming grin on my face. <laughs> Hamilton, he is just... When it comes to social media, Hamilton is leagues above anyone else. The fact he can yeah. just put out a tweet going, I've been gone a while, now I'm back. And it immediately gets more likes than Verstappen's championship winning tweet. It's kind of <laughs> insane, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to throw shade towards Verstappen at all. But it is just mad, isn't it? The sort of global reach Hamilton has. And like you yeah, said, completely. he is bigger than Formula One. I don't think you can really argue with that anymore. Not really, no. And like the the range of audiences that he can reach compared to F1. Just because he does so many different projects and so many different things that really broadens the horizons of the sport it's it's beneficial definitely um but it is funny at the same time (laughs) yes yeah it's it's kind of mad isn't it but yeah hamilton's back baby do we think title number eight this year jamie is he just gonna decide he's coming back he's slapping everyone and then he's calling it a day what what do we think i mean it fully depends on what they give him as a car i think there's there's so many drivers who are ready for a championship this year and it entirely depends on what the teams do with a massive rule change it could go any which way so you know like Leclerc Verstappen even like Alonso Hamilton they're all they're all ready for it imagine and it's, if Alonso wins a world title I would love it it'd be great 
the plan, El Plan completed. See, I title number three. I think Jamie worryingly. I think I'm getting old. I'll be honest, because <laughs> you like Alonso. I, isn't it, what it's I don't <laughs> dislike. Uh, no, it's not that I like Alonso, but I think J- I saw a little montage on YouTube this week of some of Alonso's most iconic celebrations in Formula One. And I was, I for the first time in my life, I was sort of generally there going, I might actually like this guy. <laughs> and I have no idea why. <laughs> he's I, just like, he's nice to have around, isn't he? He's like someone's friendly uncle. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't quite where I was going to go with it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I, I would love to see him win a race again, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, the thing is, again, with Alonso, he is one of those only drivers that if he did come back and win the world title this year, he would immediately throw himself into world's GOAT status, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, for a yeah, lot of people, the... he's already in that argument or discussion. I would say he's top, say. top 10 discussion quite easily. Probably he'd be, for me, yeah, definitely top 15 of all time. Mm. It's a very, and very like, difficult to judge, to get... isn't it? If he was able to get title number three... Oh, yeah. Immediately gets catapulted crazy, up towards, yeah. yeah, the top. Obviously, Especially depending what, on how that title 17, came around. How long after? It'll be like 16 years after his previous 16 one. 16 years, yes. Which mad. is mental. Absolutely but mad. Less about, less about Alpine. Yeah, only we <laughs> could turn... another team. <laughs> only we could turn a Hamilton discussion into Alonso out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Hamilton's back, baby. Fired up, ready to go... I mean, the fact he has still hasn't talked about Abu Dhabi, I think, is incredible as well. You, you, I wonder how many tweet drafts he's got on his phone right now. <laughs> Michael Massey diss track. Oh, ready mate, to ready, ready to launch. That should have been his comeback. That would have been so funny. <laughs> but not uh, going to happen ever. No, so. no, exactly. Yeah, anyway, he, he might from have one end of, of the grid, one end of the grid with Hamilton to the other end of the grid last season anyway. Um, yeah, Haas revealed their car this well. They didn't reveal their car. They revealed their livery put onto a generic 2022 car this week if you haven't seen it if you i don't know what you've been doing all week but it looks in my opinion it's it's decent it's i think it's a step up from last year but not by a lot and it's basically the same Mm, yeah it was very very odd wasn't it like Haas for a team that needed to build up some hype around themselves going into this new year i'm already very very worried you can always sort of sense to a certain degree can't you how well a team might do by how much they sort of hype up their pre-season testing. Of course, you can do a Ferrari and it comes back to <laughs> blow up in your face. Um, yeah. But the fact Haas just kind of tweeted out one, what was it, last Wednesday night, I want to say, or last Thursday, it must have been last Thursday night, going, yeah, the car's getting lobbed up on Twitter at 11 o'clock tomorrow. You're kind of there like, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I, I do like, I prefer this year's livery to last year's. It is subtly different, but it, not by enough to get excited about it. No. And I think in, in real life it will look better because it does look like a computer generation, which it absolutely is. So, yeah, yeah it's it's less obviously Russian, which is nice for any uh, American fans of us. Um, but hey, yeah, it's all it's the still, red, white and blue. Yeah, still red, white and blue in that order or in the Russian flag order. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I do hope they're not as woeful this year. Yeah. I think... They could easily be, like, capable of being midfield if they get stuff right. Obviously, they've been focused on this car for so long that it's kind of all or nothing, as we've said before. Um, if they fail this regulation change, I don't see them being in the sport that much longer. No, um, no. But we'll have to wait and see. And this is the whole thing, isn't it? Of course, 
everyone seemed to get really, really confused with this Hass announcement as well. Let's just get our facts right here. It's the 2022 livery on a render of the basic FIA F1 yeah. 2022 card. The amount of people I've seen <laughs> that are going, oh, I'm not a fan of the rear wing, or oh, they haven't done much with this or that. They're like, that's yeah. not what this was. It's not their car. It's just, <laughs> like, it's the same livery that, like, Every freelance designers use. Yeah. <laughs> Every team has done, like, when all they did, like, the renders to try and build up a little bit of height, wasn't it? Everything like yeah. that. Basically, what Hass have done is they put last year's livery on a car they're not going to use. Yeah, basically. Basically, all it, all it is, unfortunately. But that does lead us on, though, Jamie, of course. We just quickly wanted to talk about this. You know, we've sort of mentioned it briefly. We've undenied about it over the last few weeks. We are planning on trying to do some car reveal mini videos as well. So what we're going to try and do, obviously, over the next couple of weeks, of course, we'll be back hopefully either Wednesday or Thursday. We're going to try and do a video sort of with the livery reveal, with the car reveal, and also sort of talk about the 2022 expectations for the team as well. So what we want to see from them, what we expect to see from them, everything like that. So, Jamie, Hass... In 2022, then, this year is make or break, really, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think, as we just said, like, if they completely flop, I don't see them sticking around much longer. No. I think at a bare minimum, they have to not be the worst. Or if they are the worst, be able to fight with the teams around them. Yes, yeah. Or when you say not be the worst, we sort of mean... Even if they were roughly on par with like Williams and Alfa Romeo or whoever yeah. might be at the back of the field, it can't just be an obvious, this team is categorically the worst. Can yeah, it? yeah. Like, they can't be the backmarker team. They they have to be in the conversation with the likes of Williams or Alfa Tauri, whoever ends up at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. But the, yeah, I think points should be realistically achievable at some races. Um, I expect Schumacher to pocket Mazepin again to be honest um I don't know about you but yeah Mick definitely had to me at least showed more potential last season um so we'll have to I, I think they will probably come ninth or tenth but if they're able to fight like hold a candle to the other teams and that that is quite a good progression from last year yes yeah and I think there's obviously a few other talking points there obviously you mentioned the driver lineup let's not forget the Mick Schumacher second season run yeah. that he's been on in recent years. And, of course, we actually got a little bit of evidence of that back at Austria last year. He was the most improved driver between the Styrian Grand Prix to the Austrian Grand Prix in qualifying. Really? He was. That's, that's actually Sonny, really interesting. Sonny ridiculous, like, six-tenths he found on that second weekend up against the first. Yeah. We often see it with rookies where, especially, I know, like, recording Sonoda this year, tracks he'd been to before... He was miles better, which like is quite obvious, really. But yes, yeah. Experience definitely helps rookies. So, yes. like Schumacher, especially for some reason, is not that adaptable when it comes to brand new scenarios. No. But we no. saw in F three and in F two that his second seasons were a massive step up from his first seasons. Exactly. So it could happen again. And like you just mentioned with Yuki Tsunoda, then, it, I still always find it mad that unless it's like a purpose built new F one venue that any F1 driver could have not gone to a racetrack before. It's just insane, isn't it? You think yeah. someone's literally come to this world fame, like Imola, for example. 
Yeah. Sonoda's gone to this world-famous venue and he's never once done a race at it. Of course, Sonoda's a bit different, you know, coming from Japan and everything like that. Obviously, and so young as well. Yes, yeah. Obviously, if he raced, if Formula One became Formula Japan, then he would smash most people. Yeah, <laughs> but him and Gasly would be sorted. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's always just really, really weird, isn't it, when we think about that? But yeah, I think, like you said, though, Haas this year, it's got to be points. Surely they've got to be aiming for that. I want to yeah. see the thing. Like we've sort of said before, we don't really want a backmarker teams anymore, do we? We want to see those bottom three there with AlphaTauri, with Aston Martin, with Alpine. Yeah. You want to see everyone being close enough to fight for points. It's not likely going to be possible most weekends of the year, but you sort of want. I mean, when we look back to what sort of twenty ten to twenty thirteen, wasn't it? Really, obviously, you had those bottom three teams, but you still had nine teams there that could be within a shot yeah. of points most weeks, which was yeah. important. And it, like it was usually the Torosos back then were like the ninth team, but even on a good weekend, they could quite easily get like yeah, Torosso and Williams, eights, wasn't which is quite good, yeah. quite often, especially during twenty eleven, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, pass though make or break. I think twenty twenty two. They've they have though recently, Jamie. I don't know if you've read this in the news. Announced they've got a new building right next to Ferrari in Maranello as part Ooh. of their I'm going to buy all <laughs> I've your I've heard that parts. one before. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, we've all heard that one before, but apparently this time it's real. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be beneficial. Another thing they also have is extra wind tunnel time compared yes. to everyone else. Yeah. So Do they have a wind if, tunnel? Is that helpful think, at all? <laughs> I think they use Ferraris, if I remember correctly. Probably. I don't think... They don't have their own. They definitely don't have their own simulator. I remember that because Mazepin was like, yes. I'm literally playing F1 2021, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty uh, shocking. But yes. yeah, I mean, when you when you think of Haas, still the picture that sums it up for me will always be last year at the Monaco Grand Prix. Everyone arriving with their huge trailers and things like that. And then Haas just bringing the chassis out of the back yeah. of a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such yeah. a shame. Is it? They're still a very young team, to be fair. Yes, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you look at it, Haas are now in Formula 1 for as long as Caterham were back in the sport. Yeah. And we've got a bit more hope still for Haas than we did for Caterham or Manor towards the... Obviously, especially yeah. HRT. That was oh, just yeah. a three-year disaster. That was... <laughs> it's such a wild time. It was F1 2010 was like its throwback to the early 90s, wasn't it? It was insane. Yeah. We're going to bring a budget cap in, get all these new teams, and then actually not bring a budget cap in, so yeah. they're all screwed. And they all that then get how... <laughs> screwed by being powered by Cosworth. Yeah. Which, again, back in the 90s was about 15 years behind at that well, point as well with the DFV. There was, a, there was one driver able to get a pole position with the Cosworth engine in 2010. There so. was one driver that was able to get a pole <laughs> position in the Cosworth engine in 2010. Remind me, how well did he do in that race? Score points. Beat his teammate. We can't ask for more in the midfield car. His teammate being a pensioner? No, he was only 40. Only 40? <laughs> I mean, we've spoken about Alonso maybe winning the world title. So yeah, Barrichello was still a good driver. It was only a year since he almost won a title. He didn't so. almost win. He never really had a look in it Oh nine. 9 <laughs> No, but less about Rubens Barrichello and Nico Hockenberg. <laughs> they're both long gone. So, <laughs> so I mean, they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're definitely still breathing. But moving on to another team, which uh, I think since since we last recorded, they've announced their release date, yep. which is Red Bull. Um, reigning Drivers World Champions. Are they? Are you sure? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I very much do. So... 
Yeah, the RB9. Is it? No, it's you put RB9 down in the notes. It's I, definitely not it's the not RB9. It's not the RB9. It's because I've been doing an F1 most iconic <laughs> car boat this week, and the RB9 made it really far Yeah, through they're re-releasing, what, the 2013 car was that? I know. The RB18 is coming sorry. out on... It's because it's Feb 9 is the other excuse I'm going to go with. <laughs> right. So less of Matt being incompetent. And, yeah, the car is coming out on Wednesday this week, which is tomorrow, if you're watching this as it comes out. Yep. Um, we will hopefully have, as Matt said, the reaction to that livery and a little thoughts on how they're going to do. Uh, obviously, World Title Number 2 is on its way for Max Verstappen, but <laughs> we will have to wait and see. I... I don't. They haven't announced if it's going to be a testing livery. I sort of expect it to be, because I usually do. Yeah, quite often. Um, I'm not so sure though. Actually, this year. Actually, it haven't for the last few years, has it? They haven't really needed to. Though. There's been no sort of no, reshuffling the rules. We'll wait and see. That's part of the Red Bull hype, isn't it? We get a fantastic testing livery, and then it's just the yeah. same stuff every year. Yeah. As well, which is <laughs> the same livery for year what fifteen? No. 18 in a row or something 18 yeah. years they've been in 18th <laughs> season in formula one that's insane isn't it so the red bull can drink this year that's mad yeah it can it can have a proper <laughs> adult drink rather than something teenagers buy <laughs> yes so we'll get that up uh on whenever it comes out probably wednesday or thursday for us yes yeah um but yeah, so get, your, get yourself followed or hyped. subscribe. Yeah, Jamie, come on, we've got yeah, to get, oh yeah. got to get I the hype I've not been to YouTube for a while. Easy, yeah, so. YouTube game. <laughs> yes, that's basically all we have to say. There's not much more to add than it is. It's been announced that it's coming out on Wednesday, probably in the morning. Remembering previous years when I was once late to college because I was watching Red Bull get revealed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. I was was the Red Bull the one I did a livery reaction as I was walking to college? I think it might have been. I don't remember that. That was horrendous. I can't remember if it ever actually made it to air. I'll have to have a look back through the archives <laughs> at some point. But I vaguely remember, yeah, walking through a housing estate, talking about the Red Bull to me phone, thinking, <laughs> what on earth am I doing? Content. Exactly. On, on the right. content hype train, boy. Speaking of things that thinking might not have been sensible at the time... <laughs> The key I don't know where that was going. To, yeah, that was a, one of the worst cutaways I've done in recent weeks. Um, or segue, even. I should say. I've even got the name wrong. Oh, this is going oh, catastrophically. Is disaster class. Oh, right. We're, we're going to scrap the podcast. We're going to start over again next year. <laughs> Q2 Tyrell, Jamie. It's gone. People are sad. We don't quite understand why, though, do we? Because this got confirmed no. years ago. <laughs> Crofty's been saying it every Q2 session all year, basically. Yeah. I, I mean... I think it's probably beneficial. I think the oh. Q2 rule was sort of there to, like, mix up the strategies because if you qualify all on the same tyre and you're all in the same order, that's unlikely that you're going to get much change unless race pace is wildly different. So, yeah, it's not a big deal. It, it won't make much difference. Like, two races in, we'll have forgotten about it. And also, it will... Like, the amount of times... is a My life as a Hulkenberg fan in the 20... 16 to 18 period the amount of times you'd qualify somewhere seventh to tenth on softs and then you get screwed by everyone on this on the harder tire outside the top 10 you basically got done in for qualifying in q3 as a midfield team so i'm glad for that reason it's gone because it will benefit it will make it more fair basically it will be less artificial oh and yeah yes, see i it, really don't know hopefully it won't just lead to one stop every week, although I kind of think it will. This is sort of what I think this Q2 tyre all gone would make more sense if we knew... Say, for example, next year's tyres are going to have a huge drop-off. 
Yeah. That would make it interesting. Or say you had to use all three sets of tires during the race. That would make or it even, interesting. I think my, my favourite thought process solution would be just to get rid of the three tire rule as well. Because that really benefited when you could qualify on a certain tire to start the race. But if you bought back just the option of the prime, say, and Pirelli still choose between their whole range, but make it get rid of like the hardest tire for each race weekend. So you're bringing back the twos and three stops from the early 2010s. Yeah, because let's be fair, generally two or three stops provide better races. Yeah, because the problem with one stops, like one team, whichever team is behind usually, has an opportunity to undercut. And the like if it's a successful undercut great you then have the faster car having to come back at it if it's unsuccessful you've got a boring race <laughs> yeah. basically so yeah i'm i'm not sad that it's gone but i hope that the tires that probably bring don't just lead to one stops every week yes yeah and this is because sort of, i'm sort of looking back at last year we sort of think about good races between red bull and mercedes were spain for example that was a two stop versus a one stop wasn't and- it France. Yeah, France well. was the second one I was going to mention. That was a two stop versus a two stop. No, it was. It was two, two versus, versus one, one wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was the other way yeah. around. Um, yeah, because obviously Red Bull one stopped at Spain, two stopped in France, and obviously Mercedes did vice yeah. versa. Um, yeah, some of the better sort of on track strategic races are completely dictated by having that extra stop. And Bahrain, of course, as well. Right, very first one. That was two stops of the pair of them, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was different. Yeah, very like different order. two stop strategies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think it. I well, what we really needed, yeah, like we both sort of said, is this rule to be changed, but another rule possibly to be thrown in. But then again, we're trying to make sense of Pirelli, and that never works. For all we know, <laughs> they're going to announce Bridgestone are coming back, and then we're going to have a tire yeah. wall, which kills series. That'd be awful. <laughs> tire walls don't work in motorsport. How are still different series around the world not learning this? Yeah. It's Did you not see US 2005? That was a quality race. Oh, the best race of Schumacher's <laughs> year. And, well, it the best race was. of Thiago Monteiro's career. <laughs> yeah. The only it was Portuguese the origin of that podium, podium meme where he's just the guy in third celebrating massively. <laughs> it basically was, bless him. It was yeah. absolutely insane. Um, we briefly mentioned this last week, Jamie, and then not long after we mentioned it, there was sort of more talks. Sprint racing might not be gone for 2022, but we don't know how many race sprint races we could get now over the course of the year. It's all up in the air, isn't it? Which is kind yeah. of bad <laughs> when we should probably know this before the season starts, I think. It's never a great sign, is it? I think, do you remember back when they announced the um, knockout quality in 2016? I was, was thinking about announced. this this morning. It was announced about two weeks before the season. Yep. And it absolutely, absolutely flopped. It was terrible. Uh, so... Hopefully the sprint races won't follow that degree of chaos, but it's entirely possible. And I think basically, obviously the venues themselves all want sprint races yeah. because it's massively good for money. Um, the teams don't really want sprint races at all, or at most the same as last year at three. And F1 kind of have to compromise between the two. Like as far as we can see from the articles that have been published, F1 wants six. F1, I we're, think. Uh, we're trying to get six. Yeah. And the teams aren't really budging from three. Yeah, they want so three maximum. We never really see happy resolutions from these sorts of uh, standoffs. <laughs> so we we'll have to wait and see what happens. Here's my idea, Jamie. You're gonna, you're gonna absolutely I'm love a, yeah. this. You're gonna love this. That's always this. a good start to a sentence. Right. You do free practice on your Friday. 
Friday night, yeah. there's a draw that decides oh, that whether like <laughs> <laughs> whether Saturday is going to be sprint qualifying or normal format. If it's sprint qualifying, your grid is decided by your free practice times. That would be that's terrible. That's an awful. It idea. is horrendous, <laughs> isn't it? But can you imagine that? I don't mind the idea of having like a draw because that would really put the teams on edge. But like, decide on the grid by free practice is ridiculous. It's been Just done do the before. Draw a bit earlier, do the draw earlier in a day, and then have a normal qualifying session if you get sprint. Fine. Fine, we'll, we'll settle with that. <laughs> I just think that'd be hilarious Friday night. Just then, it's the Antonio Luizzi on pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and imagine, like, if you only have one free practice session, if, like, Piastri's doing a practice session, does he have then to, he then has to do, do the whole Oh, race. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this is even better. And Ocon's just out of a seat for the week. Yeah! <laughs> no young driver ever gets the chance to drive a Formula 1 car again because everyone's just worried. Yeah. Oh, this this gets even better, Jamie. That's a woeful idea. Yeah. That's up there with your worst. That is definitely right up there with one of my worst. But yeah, obviously, if you want all our opinions on sprint qualifying, make sure you go check out the clip that hopefully by now has been posted up on the Clips channel. Or, of course, check out last week's podcast as well. You know, we've got to throw those cheeky plugs in once again. But I think we'll end up seeing three sprints again this year, to be honest. I think so as well. F1 are really, really pushing for it, aren't they? Whether it'll work or not is a different question. I think, like we said, they need all three to be like Brazil last year, don't they? Or yeah. what you want is a wet-to-dry or dry-to-wet race. For a yeah, that would be great, just to mix it up completely. I think they'll definitely be strategic with what tracks they pick, obviously. They want oh, them to yeah. be good. Yeah. So they're not going to put them at Monaco or at Hungary or something. So, yeah. <laughs> Watch that age really poorly when Monaco and Hungarian sprints are announced. Oh, don't imagine <laughs> that. Oh, oh. It would not be fun, not at all. No. Oh, excuse me. Speaking, though, of wild and wacky Formula One, DTS Season 4 Drive to Survive has been confirmed for March the 9th. Or, well, the tweet we've seen is between March the 9th and March the 11th, which to me says March the 10th, Jamie. Which actually... <laughs> Let me just check. What days are those? I'm pretty certain Formula Racers... The 10th is a Thursday. We, we got this tweet from Formula Racers. I'm pretty certain they've made a tweet like that before, and I responded going, well, between these two dates, is only that day, and that's why they unfollowed me, I think. <laughs> I genuinely believe that's the reason because I did actually used to speak to the guy that runs the account and yeah he unfollowed me months ago and I got and no idea why off, so I, got, he, I think genuinely that was it he just unfollowed me I was like mate okay that's kind of sad it would make more sense for it to come out on the Friday which is the 11th but not normally though normally a lot of it's Thursday midnight isn't it I guess yeah for then Friday daytime I mean, yeah I don't know but anyway Drive to Survive is back it's season 4 it will hopefully be really good i mean they've got so much content from last oh, year can you imagine if this one's a flop like they've been given this one literally should be their best one the pure drive to literally they've given us a drive to survive season and then they just yeah. like mess it up yeah i mean they made they made decent series out of 2018 2019 which weren't particularly good seasons. And, and 2020, 2020 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2018 was that exciting 2018 was decent 2019 had good races but the whole like Hamilton just dominated the whole thing. Exactly. So same way it he's going to do in It should be really good. Although I'm slightly worried that Verstappen still won't be in it because 
he's been vilified in 2018. So, <laughs> so they're just going to have to like pixelate out any time Verstappen and car is on show. <laughs> just a pixelated car hitting Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> this unnamed I, I mean, young I, driver. I'm sure it'll be more like they'll uh, they'll go the Pez way of like <laughs> Michael Verstappen or something. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine but... that blue horse <laughs> crashes into yeah. Hamilton. Blue horse racing. Wow. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, it'll just be it'll just be Christian Horner commentating over Verstappen instead of himself. Yeah. yeah but it was well it out of line. Be, it should be very good. Yeah. It... I'm quite excited for it. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Will we? Again, we. You're big into drive to well, not big into drive to. Survive. I watch it basically as soon as it comes out. Oh yeah, so if that, yeah. Like, if that could be described as big, then yeah, sure. But we were sort of discussing this pre-show, weren't we? I will watch it once, and I've never sort of had much desire to go back and watch it again. You will go back and watch bits, won't you? A lot Certain more. really good ones about drivers I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I think it's it's definitely designed for the casual fan and the pe- the newbies completely yeah and it's great at that it's so fantastic as people fantastic at that yeah it is brilliant at that so the people like us who watch like the adaraks who watch every race <laughs> basically it's not for us no but we still no, can exactly. get enjoyment from it but like the problem is you can see when they're making stuff up and the stuff that is dramatic enough in itself we've already seen happen in front of our eyes yes so yeah it's enjoyable but it's not like my favorite thing in the world. I've got some friends who absolutely love it because they're quite casual fans. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think this is the important thing that we've got to appreciate as well because not only, well, me more than you as well, isn't it, Jamie? But not only are we definitely anoraks when it comes to Formula One, <laughs> we, we have a podcast called Knowing Wheel. Um, yeah. <laughs> for me as well, the growth and accessibility that even creators like myself have been able to gain because of Drive to Survive, I would genuinely be interested to see where I would be had it not been for DTS and Liberty Media. There, you're about 700 subs still. There'd be a fair chance, to be <laughs> honest, there'd be a fair chance I probably wouldn't be uploading content anymore. Unless yeah. something drastically different but still to either the same sort of degree or a lot better had happened. And like, it's completely noticeable just in day-to-day conversations as well because oh, like yeah. when i came to uni like 2018 i you used to just chat about years. it yeah I've been don't you do a three-year while, course no i did a foundation year mate come on <laughs> keep up <laughs> but yeah i first came to uni you chat about f1 and everyone's like moving away yes takes five steps <laughs> back yeah but now like people generally come up like when especially after Abu Dhabi last year i wore my red bull shirt you <laughs> and people will just come up to you and be like, oh, do you see the race? And be really excited about it. Like that growth, yes, it was sort of down to a really good season last year, which we have to be very thankful for. But also DTS and social media generally has been really good for F1 for the last four or five years from Liberty Media's takeover, really. Yes, Liberty have. There's still a few things I'd like to see changed. Please give people more freedom to use footage on YouTube. It's not 1996 anymore. We need proper access to footage again i i always use the example of nascar they have a brilliant system for it if the race is older than about three years as a general rule of thumb you haven't just ripped the whole race and put it on youtube they will let it slide and um, i just think of the amount of different videos i'd love to be able to make talking about formula one 
but you yeah. just can't because it's still a minefield unless you do like pictures. history lessons basically that yeah i'd love to do more <laughs> I've, I've got a few scripts in the work for videos i want to do talking about like the past of f1 but it's still just a minefield when it comes to footage and that's why it's frustrating to because you just think yeah. is it worth putting in all the effort how to upload clips working out whether the copyright claim having to edit bits out and put stuff in and all this that and the other and it's just difficult when it doesn't need to be anymore. Surely yeah. it doesn't need to be like this. They're kind of in a hard place because all the contracts that Bernie Eccleston signed are still going on. Yeah. So you can't, like, I think their first opportunity will be one day run out, which is probably, they were probably 10-year contracts when he signed them. He just signed so, up everyone forever, didn't he, Bernie? Yeah, they must be coming up, like, within the next five years you'd imagine oh, <laughs> so hopefully am i going to be making videos discussing grand prix in 2009 when i'm nearly 30 jamie oh dear that doesn't sound good oh dearie me dearie <laughs> dearie me um but yeah obviously talking about the drive to survive i read an interesting article this week jamie rather believable let's be fair it's not certainly unpredictable the biggest market gain thanks to drive to survive by far and away has been the us and that has been shown we discussed this last week we could potentially be on for three grand prix in the us yeah. very soon yeah it's a market they know they want to break into and they've like, tried so tell, many times yeah you can tell they're strategic very much so with america and particularly with east asia and china as well like i think having the big one will be having a driver we saw i think one of our uh, viewers commented that recently yes I think, the last yeah. week. like i think china will be a great growth this year just because they've actually got a chinese driver in guan yu Zhou. yeah it's mad when you look the, like yeah <laughs> the, the biggest and best example of that will always be yao ming in the nba the fact that the yeah. nba went from literally just american sport to china watching more of the nba than the u.s did there were more chinese viewers than from the usa yeah. well the most viewed uh, free practice of last year was the one Guan Yu Zhou did in Austria. Yep. And uh, the fun fact, the most viewed video, or one of the top five anyway on F1's YouTube channel, is Harry Anto's F1 debut, uh, because similar things happened with Indonesia. So, was that, he was Indonesian, yes? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I need to fact check that one. But yeah, it's those, it just sounds really simple, but those countries' populations are ridiculously big compared to most of Europe. They are untapped markets. So if you can markets. break in, yeah, if you can break into those markets, you're going to see huge growth. So America, yeah, it's DTS has obviously helped that massively. Having an American team has probably contributed to that, and also they want potentially three races next year. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's it's going up in the world. Hopefully, it's just need a good American driver to come through. I think they'll really push Williams into signing Logan Sargent for 2023. You could see a Logan Sargent down at Williams. You could see McLaren pick up either Pato Award or Colton Herter, someone like that. Pato Award, sorry, no, isn't. He's Mexican, He's Mexican, he? but obviously he races an IndyCar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there are, I think, a couple of Americans that could be F1 caliber. But again, obviously, that really depends. You know, if we see Guan Yu Zhou completely sink, like some of us are predicting... You know, that market could very easily that? come in and then come straight back out. You just don't yeah. know at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even the example of you look at Austin last year, the fact that I think, was it, a, a capacity of 400,000, that was basically sold out this year when normally yeah. they wouldn't even be... A, I think the record before then was something mad, like 165k. Yeah. They just never even got close to filling it before. 
and they gave it a year out with 2020 obviously yes yeah and then the growth in that time basically two years was almost doubling the well, over doubling yeah, capacity which it's is ridiculous. madness madness but yeah if we if they can tap into the u.s market effectively i mean youtube has generally had a quite a good you know i'm basing this obviously on my own channel i'm just going to quickly have a look out of interest what percentage of my viewership is american altogether if you are then uh, comment below comment you're below american. if you're american <laughs> yeah that's that's gonna be the key uh let's go like that um what, what am i looking at oh, i don't know matt tries to figure out some jamie you you talk about this for a minute i'm gonna try and yeah dig deep. i think it is a good time definitely to be an f1 fan generally it's a very good time to own shares in f1 Matt. yes it is hopefully <laughs> we'll wait and see stock market's so, probably on the way out but still now you yeah, said that it's, yeah that's true but anyway uh, yeah it's definitely growing and hopefully it's not at the expense of like classic European tracks yes but we've kind of seen that happen with Hockenheim is the Nürburgring there's no race in Germany there's no there was talk for a very short amount of time no race in Britain although that seems to that happens every much, couple so. of years though doesn't it yeah. um, I've got me yeah. analytics Jamie I've found what I'm looking for nice so, 21% of my audience is British. Obviously, I'm an English speaker as well, as hopefully you guys would have worked out. Well, yeah, I was going to say, the accent doesn't help, but still. <laughs> um, my second biggest audience, though, is America, 11%. Yeah. And then we've got Netherlands, Germany, Italy, which, of course, are three... Well, now the Netherlands is as well, Massive but Germany and Italy have always been huge airport yeah. markets as well. So... Yeah, I think there is certainly the potential for interest in the US, isn't there? And that's really, really yeah. important. And more races will only help that as well. So Yes, yeah. You'd hope so anyway. <laughs> yeah, you really, really would, wouldn't you? I'll tell you what. Um, but whether that'll... Uh, well, again, this is obviously what Liberty... Are, we are very much now in the case of... Are we going to see this finally work? Are we finally going to see Liberty take into the US market? Or is it just going to be another couple of years, then we'll get some controversy, and they'll all go back to IndyCar and NASCAR? I think a lot of that really depends on the success of IndyCar and NASCAR. You won't know this, Jamie, uh, but the first race of the NASCAR season was last night. The LA Clash. It was carnage. Did you watch it? I watched it. Well, I watched the heats, and then I went to sleep, and then I watched the <laughs> finals this morning, or when I got home from work. Nice. Uh, they've obviously got the new car this year. The LA Clash was always designed to be a bit carnage, but Basically, in a weird way to sort of describe it, Jamie, there's no points available for it in the championship. It was just a sprint race designed to be a bit chaotic. Right. Could we see... That's so American. Exactly. That's so American. But you just think it was really, really cool. Something a bit different. Could the we teams see would never do that. Formula One trying to do that down the line? Probably not. No way. But it would be interesting. <laughs> it's such an expensive sport, F1, that it's basically just throwing money down the drain. So, But you give the drivers like an F3 car or something like that, Oh yeah, that could be a shout. I don't think the teams would ever agree to it in real cars. But yeah, if you've got like maybe the end of a season where you're about to create new F2 cars or F3 cars, put all the drivers in there and have a crash fest, basically. <laughs> that's basically what it sounds like. Well, driving, we would so. get to see Max Verstappen's F2 debut. Yeah, he skipped it in real life. Yeah. In, in history, sorry. It was all real life. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a great idea, but I don't think it will happen. But it's a nice thought experiment, isn't it? No, it'd be certainly interesting if Formula One did so. Because I saw like a couple of tweets recently from people going, "Should Formula One race on an oval?" And they're like, "No, no, it no. definitely shouldn't. <laughs> that would be insanity." <laughs> but you you put around like some short some shorter circuits or something like that could be. I mean, look at Bahrain, twenty twenty. Yeah, that was that something was a bit fun. different, and that worked really well. I don't think they'd ever go to the extremes that NASCAR does, putting them on a quarter of a mile stadium and things like that, or a dirt track like yeah. they did last year at Bristol. But it would be interesting to see Formula One try out a few different things, but it just won't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, the teams are so stubborn about any change that radical change definitely won't happen. No, so. no, exactly. But we saw it with F1 Esports. Yeah, when the teams have no power. <laughs> Ferrari weren't involved early on and then came on board. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't see it personally, but... No, no nor do I, we'll to be honest. You never know, you never know. Anything else, though, to discuss today, Jamie? We've kind of rattled through pretty much everything we really wanted to, didn't we? I think. Yeah. Anything else from you, news-wise? I, uh, I don't think so. No, don't think... There's very, very strong rumours of McLaren having a golf livery. No, um, there's not anymore. That was what I was going to mention. So we spoke about that last week. Now, there's been a leak from Lego, of all places, <laughs> of apparently a papaya orange McLaren again. Oh, uh, they they released like a, sh- a video generating hype and there was a lot of golf blue in there. There was, yeah. So We really don't know what McLaren are doing anymore. No. But, of I course, saw... we're going to be back to react to that when it when it oh, does yeah. happen. Get yourself subscribed and followed. Yeah, get as y- a plug. Oh, thank you very much, Jamie. Do- <laughs> doing the work for me now. Yeah. We'll wait and see about I saw, that. Uh, the guy who designs the Alpine livery has basically claimed that he's done a great job on twitter today i saw he did a great job last year i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah he I'm did i'm not gonna argue against so, the guy he's claimed that his car is the best on the grid Fair so play to look it. forward to the alpine l plan is complete they've now got a, yep. another slick paint job and that's gonna be it for the new year <laughs> ferrari i suppose we get we probably should just mention that quickly have named their new car the f175 because clearly ferrari have never learned how to run the numbers and this just further proves no. that celebrating the 75th different naming convention that Ferrari have used recently. Why? Um, Why, Ferrari, are you like this? <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute nightmare. Just bring us the F22, F23, please. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but then Ferrari. you get stuck at 2030 when you bring back the F30, don't you? Oh, yeah, because they've already used half the numbers. Exactly. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> just give us the F2022. That was like the iconic naming convention. Yeah. We don't need anything else. Please, just give us what we want. Ferrari, um, and of course, Science World Champion 2022. No, nah, big Charles. Uh, yeah, I think we, we both know Charles <laughs> probably still a better driver, but still, we, we're all aboard this. Well, we're all aboard the Hauger hype train, but we're all, all also <laughs> all aboard the Science. The Science Sailor? No, that do not work. I don't even know where you're going. Science Segway. There's a Segway. There is a Segway. To, Do the outro. to I think, our outro, <laughs> yeah, before this absolutely crashes and burns. Um, but thank you all so much for watching once again though if you have enjoyed do make sure you leave a like get yourself followed get yourself subscribed everything like that like we said links to everything down below f1 merch spotify uh youtube clips channel as well you know we're we're, we're firing 2022 is the year of the knowing wheel podcast and we hope you guys are all along ready for the ride uh, just five weeks to go jamie 
Six weeks. Five, 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 five and a half. It's near enough six weeks still to go. Yeah, call it five and a half. Five and a half <laughs> weeks until Bahrain. We are getting more and more hyped, of course. Like we said, you're going to be seeing a lot of us together over the next couple of weeks. Valentine's Day, of course. Jamie and I have got our plans. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously we're going to be back trying to do more of the reveals as well. But thank you all so much. And yeah, we'll be back next week. With, well, we'll be back before next week reacting to the Red Bull livery. And then yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel.